Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see changed lives, and we hope this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy the message. Hi, Valley Church fam. I am Pastor Jessica Myers, online pastor here at the Valley Church Troy, and today I am super excited to share this bonus episode with you. We just wrapped up our series, This Is My Story, but we're not done sharing stories. Some of you may recall, may remember Pastor Lindsay Murphy, who has been with the Valley now for going on three years. Initially, we called her to serve with us as we were trying to navigate the changes that COVID-19 brought. And since then, she's become a registered traveling evangelist. She has spent a lot of time this summer at various church camps, and you might discover why as you listen to her story. But that's her story, not mine. So without further ado, here is Pastor Lindsay. Hey there, friends. My name is Lindsay Murphy, and this is my story. Some of you know me a little bit, and you've heard pieces of my testimony But one thing that I don't often get to share is how I came to know Jesus Christ. In fact, this summer, so I'm an evangelist. The Lord has called me to travel and preach the Word of God. And it is an incredible privilege. The number of people that I get to meet and I get to share Jesus with is, is a delight. And this summer was no different. I did three different camps this summer. Two teen camps, 7th through 12th grade, and then also a little kids camp, 3rd through 6th grade. And boy, oh boy, was it an exciting and exhausting summer. But in one particular camp, I had one of the adult volunteers come and ask me a very interesting question. She said, you know, Lindsay, you grew up in the church and your parents were missionaries. Why did it take you so long to give your life to the Lord? I gave her a fairly quick answer. There was so much commotion going on, but that question has stuck in my mind. I hope today that this story brings encouragement to those moms and dads out there, those grandparents, those trusted people in life that are praying for someone to give their life over to the Lord. Keep praying. And maybe if you're like me, you were introduced to Jesus a long time ago, and, and you heard all the stories and you knew the things, but quite frankly, the two pieces never seemed to get connected. I, I, stick around. Listen. So it's true. I grew up in the church. I grew up doing all the church things. And uh, my parents were, in fact, missionaries in Quito, Ecuador, in South America. But as often things happen in life, <laughs> and... In culture, things happen, and my parents separated. And when they separated, I watched as a young child how the people around me handled it. And, you know, it was the 90s, which seems not that long ago to me, but really long ago to my own kids. You know, people weren't getting divorced. That that rate has changed significantly over the decades, but but people weren't getting divorced. And if they were, they certainly weren't talking about it. And as a child, I was hearing stories of a loving Jesus, but when I looked around, I didn't see a loving Jesus. The voice of the culture, the voices of my friends at school, they were louder than 
the voice of Jesus. And so by the time I was 16, and I can say this because my mother would tell you this if she was here, my mother said, I wanted to sell you. <laughs> I was getting into so much trouble. You know, ultimately for myself, I was trying to figure out where I belonged. Where does Lindsay Witt, that's my maiden name, where do I fit? What, what is my story because I don't want my story to be that which everyone else is carving out. I want it to be my own. And you know, so many people, one of the number one questions that asked by all people is, what is my purpose? And we're, we're trying to answer that all of our lives, by the way. Maybe even still today, you're trying to answer that question like, what am I here for? Where am I going? What am I going to do with my life? And ultimately, I was being uh, dragged along. Sometimes I was dragging others with me into a life of sin. The anger, the resentment for what was happening inside my home needed an outlet. And since the church community that I was a part of was really more about telling me what I needed to stop doing, and instead of how I needed to be loved and cared for, I, I simply rejected it. In fact, I can remember the sermon. There was a pastor, and he began to speak about uh, lukewarm, being a lukewarm Christian. And that if you couldn't choose one way or the other, God would spit you out of his mouth. And that is, in fact, a passage in Revelation. But in the moment... Man, the enemy seized that opportunity because what I heard was, he, if I can't choose today, then he doesn't love me. God doesn't love me. And so it was that moment that I decided to walk away from my Christian faith. Oh, I went to church. Oh, I went to church. Because if you lived in my mom's house, you went to church. So I went to church. I, I went to youth group. I was the youth kid nobody wanted in their group. I was the kid nobody wanted to show up at camp. I was that kid. Because quite frankly, I was clinging to everything in this world that continued to let me down. So I would just find something else, someone else to cling to, someone else to tell me that they love me, someone else to tell me that I was worthy, someone else to say that I was important. Maybe you felt that way. You've looked to people or, or titles or jobs or sports or something to say, listen, you matter. And if you've done that, then you also know that eventually at some point it won't work out. At some point you won't be enough for that person. So yeah, by the time I was 16, my mom wanted to sell me. I didn't even know who I was anymore. I had gotten in so many fights in school that I was one fight away from expulsion. Now you can't tell right now, I'm a tiny little person. And often when I tell that story, some people think, uh, there's no way. And I say, oh, but there is. Because small people are scrappy. <laughs> And quite frankly, I had felt so beat down by the things that were happening in my life outside of my control that I was seeking to gain control of something. And then I got to the point where that was really exhausting. 
right? It was exhausting fighting all the time, not just physically, but emotionally fighting to maintain this persona that I had. And so I decided by the time I was 17 that I would clean up my own act, that I would fix it for myself, that I, that I, I could right my own wrongs. And so in a school of 5,000 kids, that was my high school, class of 1,300, I decided, well, I'm just going to stop hanging out with these people. I'll eat lunch by myself. I'll keep my head in my books. I'll just do everything I can to be right, to be good. Maybe you felt that way. Maybe you've even tried. Like, I can, I can will myself into being a good person. I can will myself back onto uh, the track that is success. And maybe like me, you've realized that is not possible. In fact, we're actually told why that's not possible. The Apostle Paul, he writes a letter to the Romans, and he talks about this very thing. It's in Romans chapter 3, and it says, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. See, there's not a single one of us out there that hasn't sinned, that hasn't made a choice against God and then continue to do so because you and I have an enemy that wants nothing more than to continually suck us away from our rightful identity as a child of God. Do you know in the beginning, God created you and me in his image. The striving for something is our inner person striving for Christ And the enemy wants nothing more than for you and I to relinquish that identity. And he does that through sin. So we've all sinned. We've all fallen short. And so no matter how strong your inner will is, and let me tell you, teenage me had really strong will. I was never going to be able to will myself into goodness into right standing. I was never going to be able to do that. But here, God did that. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. He goes on to say that this is based on faith through the grace of Jesus Christ and our faith in Jesus. We are made right with God through faith, not obeying the law. See, no matter how much you and I try, no matter how much teenage me tried to be good, to do the right thing, to obey all the rules, I was never going to find the wholeness and freedom that I was searching for. So after a couple of years of trying to do it on my own, will my own way, and yes, I graduated high school Phew, by the skin of my teeth, can I get an amen? And I made it. 
out of high school and I thought, okay, okay, I'm away from all of those things. I'm away from who people think I am and I can recreate myself. And it wasn't very long into my early college years did I realize that I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of trying and trying and trying day after day after day to be somebody somebody sees as worthy. Friends, if you're tired today, you've been striving and striving and striving for someone to find you worthy, for someone to find you important, for someone to see something in you that you can't see in yourself and you just figure if they can see it, then it must be there. I'm just want to hear, I'm here to tell you this. God, who created you and me in his image, who sent his son for you and me, sees you as important. Not because of what you've done or are doing. Not because of the trophies on the wall or the straight A's or the big bank account. He could care less about all those things. He loves you because of you. So how did, by the time I was 19, did I start to figure these things out? Well, I started working. I started volunteering, not working, but volunteering at church. You see, as much as I didn't like going, I was still living at home and going to college. So I needed to keep going to church. But there wasn't really anything for me to join as a college student. So the next best thing was to volunteer. I still am flabbergasted that people let me volunteer. Thank you to those of you who saw in me what I couldn't see in myself. You know, if you see something in somebody that they can't see in in themselves, God has given you that vision to see that. Give them a chance. So they gave me a chance. They gave me a chance at the church I was at, and and I started volunteering, and I ended up at an event with a group of kids, and I was sitting there, and maybe you've had this moment in your life too. I was sitting there amongst hundreds of kids around me, and all of a sudden I thought I was the only person in the auditorium. I was so sure that the pastor was talking right to me. Now, my coping mechanism when I feel that way, is run as fast as you can. See, I was a master of fighting. When those feelings, when, when I would feel like it was time to relinquish control, man, I'd put up my dukes and I'd fight. But because remember, I was trying to be a good person all on my own, I'd then become a master of flight. If you just run away from it, you can, you can run away from this feeling. You can run away from God. And can I tell you, you cannot. So I did what I only knew to do, which was get up out of the auditorium and run. Not literally, because that would have maybe put warning signs out to people. But I began to walk out and I walked straight out of the building. Not out into the vestibule, straight out of the building. And I leaned against a brick wall. And I said, okay, God, okay. I've tried everything else, God. 
gonna try you. That's what it sounded like. No these, thous, shouts. God, I've tried everything else. I've tried everything I know. I'm gonna try you. You know, that, that feeling, that pursuing feeling that I felt, that in fact, every single person feels or has felt. If you've given your life to Christ, you know what I'm talking about. If you are still waiting, that pursuing feeling, not out of fear, by the way. I'm not being pursued by the enemy, but I'm being pursued by love. Do you know that that, we have a word for that in the church. It's called provenient grace. The grace that comes before I give my life to Christ. It's the Holy Spirit who's pursuing after you, saying you are a beloved child. Turn around. Turn around. And how do I know that, right? Because how do I know that the, that the thing the person that was pursuing me, not out of fear, because that's what the enemy does, but out of love, was the Holy Spirit? Well, let me tell you. In John, we're told this by Jesus. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. You see, when Jesus was brought into this world, God in skin, right? He was sent here with a mission. He was sent here to seek and save the lost. And when Jesus ascended into heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to continue the work of seeking after the lost, of pursuing them, full of grace. It is a grace that comes with conviction, not condemnation. That's how I knew that day at 19 years old, after trying to do all of it on my own, that God himself was pursuing me. It's because I was met with conviction, not condemnation. There was no shame or guilt for what I had done. Only grace that was being poured over me. That if I would turn back, he would accept me with open arms. I can see now, 20 plus years later, ooh, 30 plus years later, not quite, not quite. <laughs> I think I'll go with the 20. <laughs> the people around me who'd been praying for me diligently, fervently for my heart, never gave up. Thank you. If you're that person, you've been praying maybe for decades here, can I tell you, don't quit. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son so that everyone who believes, he's not done. Kingdom work is not done until we're in the kingdom. Keep praying. 
for the ones who could see in me what I could not yet see, because the veil was over my eyes. I was covered in sin and guilt and shame. And until we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that veil of guilt and shame stays there. But when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the veil is removed and we can see for the very first time. If you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and you have the privilege of being with people who do not, that means you have sight to see that they cannot see. Help them, guide them, love them as Jesus loves them so that they can too one day see. Listen, there is a grace that is pursuing you. It pursues us through the love of those who love Jesus. I was 19. I knew about Jesus long before that, but I didn't know Jesus until I was 19 years old. And I began the journey of walking out salvation. My salvation, your salvation is instant. He will forgive you. Your sins are forgotten. Even if you tried to bring them up, he'd say, I have no idea what you're talking about. It is also a journey. We have to begin to live that out. And by the grace of God, I began to, I mean, he literally changed my taste buds. I was a smoker. I, I couldn't stand the taste or the smell. He changed the way I listened. I loved heavy metal music. All of a sudden, my ears were tuned to the words I'd been singing and I was appalled that I would even think those things because logically had I had I heard I would never have believed it and then there were other things that took time you know he's got time he's got time for you and I to walk those things out oh he loves you he loves you so much and one pastor friend of mine, he, he likes to say, you know what? And I love this. Not only does he love you, he likes you. You know, sometimes we look at our parents and we say to them, you know, hey, you've got to like me. You're my parent. <laughs> and he is our heavenly father. But you know what? He sacrificed his life. No one made him. He did it voluntarily so that you and I could know freedom, wholeness, that our eyes could be open, our ears could be open, our heart could be cleansed and turned toward him, and we could begin to pursue the things that he has set before us. I want to leave you with one last scripture. It's become an incredibly important passage in my journey as I've learned to live in freedom. That's what salvation is. It, it, we, salvation is freedom. But we have to learn to live in that freedom. It comes from the Apostle Paul again. It's, it's one of his letters to a church in Ephesus. And it solidifies the power of this grace that comes before. A grace that sustains. And a grace that goes out ahead. Even before he made the world. God loved us and chose us 
in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance, and check out these words, they're so awesome, decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is my favorite part. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. That's that sustaining grace, that grace that is now a part of your story that helps you take these steps to stay in freedom. He's so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered us, showered his kindness on us along with wisdom and understanding. That's the grace that's out in front of us to help us walk in freedom day after day after day. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but man, are you tired striving after the things of this earth that only seem to leave you more tired? It's time. Ask him to forgive you, to cleanse you, to make you new. And then take him by the hand and walk in that freedom. Friends, it has been incredible to share with you today. Thank you for being a part of my story. Thanks for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app to stay connected with all things the Valley. And if today's message impacted you, share it with a friend, because changed lives change lives.